Welcome to another episode of Sync and Assist. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, we have another episode for you today. A continuation of our last week's episode, Tech Threat. Not necessarily looking at technology as a threat, but kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the progress of, of uh, apps and uh, some tech, uh, I guess, is, is in the subject of this episode. Yeah, yeah. It's a, sort of loosely a continuation. It's it hit, We hit sort of the same strides but and beats, but not... It's not a rehash. Uh, this week's episode is kind of like an interview, kind of like our first uh, interview. Um, but we have a very good friend, Santiago, very, very inspiring. He's an entrepreneur, which is one thing we've, a conversation we've wanted to have on this podcast is one of entrepreneurship. And we, we did. Yeah, he definitely inspired me, a lot of his story, so... Um, hopefully you guys uh, will enjoy his uh, little backstory. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode, but before we get into it, uh, Brett, where can people find you? <laughs> people can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, my handle is Bradley Palone. Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as well at RobertDXN. And you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Sync and Assist. You can find this podcast also on iTunes and Spreaker at Sync and Assist. Uh, we release new episodes every every Tuesday, and we hope you subscribe and share, and you let everyone know about your new favorite podcast. Hopefully, we will love you forever. Yeah, but uh, let's get right into this week's episode. <laughs> special guest a friend of ours uh an entrepreneur but uh i I guess we'll let you do that um santiago don't pump him up too much yeah (laughs) maybe just a little bit more just a little bit (laughs) yeah but uh who who is santiago who what is it that you do hey what's up guys first of all thank you very much for having me here i feel so so honored and then um yeah, well, my name is Santiago Rojas. Uh, I'm from Bolivia. I've been living here in the States for about six years. I came here without any kind of college education and kind of, you know, made my way all the way to having my own marketing agency. And so far, so good. Can't complain about it. Yeah. Very nice. And you have a, a very, very inspiring story. Like, um, we were talking just a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You are, like, an advocate, uh, the epitome of fake it till you make it, like, how you got to where you are now, basically, just from someone giving you an opportunity and you not really knowing how to do that task, but you still taught yourself and you grew from that and... They, I mean, I, I mean, you can 
probably tell it better <laughs> sure. than I can. Yeah. Well, uh, to give you know you guys any uh, a little bit of the background story, I was born and raised in Bolivia, and then since a very early age, I was a completely artist and musician. Since the age I was 14, I was always on rock bands and touring and doing all of that. So that, to me, was my career. So once I got out of high school, I just wanted to pursue my dream of being a musician. And we were actually getting big and we were getting recognized in multiple arenas. And we were, we were even opening for bands that were coming into my country. Like the biggest uh, crowd that I had was like, if I'm not mistaken, from, it was three or 5,000 people when we were opening for a band. And then that's when we were, no we were noticed by a um, record label. And then they offered us a deal, like a uh, record label deal, mm -hmm. I guess that's what I say in mm -hmm. English. So yeah, as a kid, I, back then I was 19 years old and then I was living the dream. I was making music, my career, and then I got this huge opportunity. But then at the same time, I hear some news from the American embassy in Bolivia saying like that after 12 years of me applying for a visa they finally granted me the visa and then uh, that was cool and all but they were giving me an ultimatum of six months if I didn't use my visa in six months uh, it was just forget about it like we don't want you anymore mm -hmm. so at a young age I had to decide if I wanted to pursue my dreams and go and you know bet everything on my music or just take this huge opportunity that I had and come here to the States because like this was a hard work from my mom because she was fighting for my papers for over 12 years. So at the end, I kind of did, you know, the grown up thing, grown up thing and mm -hmm. just decided to come here over to the States and just leave everything I had built for the past years behind, behind me. It was very, very difficult decision, but um, I guess it's really paying off now. So since, I got out of high school and now music was my only career. I didn't have any kind of background education doing anything. Like I didn't go to college or anything like that. So, and also my English was very poor. So when I came here to the States, I was just, you know what? I was like, all right, let's try to make this happen. So uh, my first, my first, very first thought was like, okay, I need to learn English. So I need to find a place where I can practice my English daily. Because one of the first things uh, Hispanic people do when they come here is they usually go to work in the kitchen and the restaurants and they just keep spe speaking Spanish or go to places like uh, where Hispanic people go so they don't force themselves to speak uh, English. Mm -hmm. So I decided to push myself and start applying to uh, jobs where I would actually speak Spanish and English so I can, you know, practice my English. So, um, I kind of lied my, well, my, my way into my position because I was applying for the easiest job that I could see at the time, which was a customer service representative. And they were looking for a bilingual person who could speak uh, Spanish and English. And of course, I say, yes, my English is fluent and all mm -hmm. of that. So I applied to 13, 14 different companies. Out of those 14 companies, three replied. Two of them said, yeah, thank you, but not thank you. And then one of them said, like, you know what? Come to an in-person interview. So when I went over there, I was so afraid because obviously this was an American company and I didn't know like how my English was going to help me there. But as soon as I got into the interview, there was this awesome guy and he just started with this. 
hey what's up my name is Josh and then you know that we're looking for someone who speaks Spanish and English fluently so if it's okay with you we're going to continue this interview in Spanish and I was like hell yeah bro <laughs> so for the entire interview I didn't have to speak English at all I was just speaking Spanish because they were looking for someone who can speak English and Spanish so I guess that they already thought that I could speak really good English so my entire interview was in Spanish I nailed it and then they sent me to the second interview which was with the VP of the company and then when I got into the interview I was like even more scared because like that person spoke English only he didn't speak Spanish so talking and talking um, I kind of lied and told them like um, I was doing some graphic design as a freelance because um, the way that I that was thinking back then it was like I am an artist I love to do any kind of graphics and everything like hands-on but um, how hard is it to transfer that knowledge over to the digital world so I thought like my like it was obvious an obvious choice for me to go on the graphic design route since I already had a lot of experience on the art side so as I was talking with my interviewer uh, I kind of lied and told him like yeah I have like five six years experience using Photoshop Illustrator and all of this and blah 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 and stuff like this and he was like oh really interesting because right now we're looking for a graphic designer who speaks English and Spanish because we're trying to target the Hispanic community and I was like yeah well yeah you have me here in case you know whatever and he was like okay you know what send me any kind of portfolio that you have and then we're going to go over uh, like, based on that we're gonna see what happens or not and I was like okay sure let's go I went back to my place I opened my laptop and Googled for uh, flyers in Spanish. And I went to the 10th or 11th page of Google so that any results that I had, no one would be able to find those. You slide, yeah. dog. You slide. <laughs> so I started downloading like flyers, poster designs, booklet designs, everything on Sp in, in Spanish. I grabbed all of those and sent it to him. And I was like, oh, please, please, don't, don't, don't catch me. <laughs> Uh, I sent it back to him, one week passed by and nothing happened, second week passed by and nothing happened. On the third week I was like, you know what, I'm just going to keep looking for another place because like, it's obviously like, that he, he noticed something off and he's not going to call me back. But then like he called me and he was like, hey, you know what, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we think your work is interesting and we would like to work with you. So let's do this. We're going to give you a... Um, period of three months uh, for you to show showcase your uh, graphic design skills if at the end of the day it doesn't work you can always go back to work as a customer service and I was like yeah that's a win-win situation for me like, I don't have anything to lose because this was going to be my very first job ever in Bolivia and here in the US so I was like yeah why not so yeah that's how I got to land a position as a graphic designer in a company and then from there like since art was my passion, graphic design became one of my very, very strong skills that I had. Like, I learned Photoshop, Illustrator, After Effects, Premiere Pro, InDesign, Muse, Lightroom, pretty much all the entire uh, Adobe Creative Cloud software in, in a year. And then I went from being the junior graphic designer to next year being a senior graphic designer to the next year being the lead designer, leading uh, three or four senior graphic designers. And then the next year being the lead team managing and leading a team of copywriters, social media specialists, graphic designers, and, and PR people. And then that's when I got the opportunity to come up with the branding and develop 
an entire app by myself for that company. And that was a very, very big opportunity for me because it's called Vodi, the app. It's a messaging app with financial technology built in. So I set the direction and execute on developing the brand, the user experience and user interface for the app, social media, website development, and everything. And that's my biggest project so far because that app has over 3 million downloads around the world. That app was uh, won over two awards on the CTIA. It also was the official voting platform for Miss Universe, Miss USA, Miss Panama, Miss Philippines, and Miss Colombia. So like, with that what? project, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so <laughs> with that project, I was like exposed to a lot of things. And then during those five years that I was, work that I was working in that company, um, I learned so much, but then I noticed that I wasn't learning anything else. It came up to a point where I was like, just feeling depressed at my work because like, I learned everything that I could learn from these people, and I wanted to learn more. And then I noticed myself that I wasn't so much involved in my work anymore. I was, you know, daydreaming and just wasting time during my work. And then that's when I said like, okay, I don't want that. I want to keep pushing myself. So do I, do I want to be doing this for the rest of my life, or do I want to actually take a challenge and try to do this by my own and have my own company the, the true entrepreneurial spirit <laughs> yeah and then so you know giving some thoughts and everything like I decided to quit my very comfortable work and just go and try to make something new for myself and that's when I started my own company and it's called three pot group and it's a marketing agency. Oh, oh drop the plug right there. Threepodgroup.com, <laughs> guys, go over there. Um, yeah, uh, so I decided to create my own company, and then I'm not gonna lie, guys, like it's not, it's not like a walk in the park. It's very hard. Mm. The first three to four months were the toughest ones uh, because it's all investment. I didn't know exactly how to operate a company. Operating, like managing a team is one thing, but mm -hmm. operating a, a company is a completely different thing. It's a lot on your shoulders, for sure. Yes. A lot of hard work. Like, I mean, we, we know uh, you work more than full-time here. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know uh, you've, you've invested so much time, and, and obviously it, it, you have to see a return in it. So it seems like you're, you have more output than, than what's coming in sometimes, too. But in the long run, it's gonna, it's gonna pay off, you know, because you get clients and uh, like anybody that works for themselves, uh, yeah, it's risky because you may not see, you know, the money you'd like to see initially, but say you plant the seeds, you know, mm -hmm. plant them, you know, so that way that field, you know, come up, it'll grow. So yeah, you're a testament to that. So. <laughs> Yeah. So it's encouraging, dude. Your uh, your story is like absolutely inspiring and encouraging. It is. Uh, which, first of all, you have one of the sexiest accents I've ever heard. So yeah. I'm just, oh, put, I'm just putting that out there uh, for you, you listeners. This isn't Antonio Banderas. No, it's not. By the way, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting how a few little white lies got you your foot in the door and then it pushed you to learn that it's 
like, okay, I may not know exactly what I'm doing here, but dude, that pushed you. And now you're down this path and, and you know more about some of these things in, in uh, the tech world or the app world or the social media world than most people that work for other people do, you know? You've just, you pushed your, uh, you pushed yourself, you know, to get, get that knowledge. And like, that's one thing about me is that I feel like I, I stopped learning when I felt like I knew everything, <laughs> but I, I'm not, I shouldn't live off of a, of a McDonald's diet all the time. That's kind of the way I can think about it in a metaphor yeah. sense is that if you want to eat McDonald's every day, that, you know, that's fine. But there's a point where you're like, I need some pizza now. I need some, you know, just the hunger for like more, uh, what's more out there. Because if you're working for someone else, uh, you know, you're only working within this small little field. But when you work for yourself, sky's the limit. Definitely. What I feel is like working for someone else, you're in a bubble. Mm -hmm. And when you step out of that comfort zone, you're exposed to this new huge bubble that you have to learn how to navigate through there. And it's very, very challenging. Like I was saying, the first three or four months, it was very, very difficult for us because like, um, I own a house, I own a car, and I have a lot of responsibilities. And even though on the medical side, like I have some medical expenses. So the first three or four months, we didn't have any kind of revenue. We had a negative revenue. We were spending way much more money than we were actually making. We didn't know exactly how to get clients. We didn't know how to uh, you know, create a process that can help us generate money. So it was very, very tempting for, for me to be like, you know what, one month happened, I'm losing money, I'm just gonna go to the safe zone and then get another full-time job. The second month were the same, the third month was the same, like I was getting uh, delayed on my bills. And like, when you have a mortgage and you have a car to pay, like that's no joke. You miss one, you miss two, you miss three, you lose everything. Mm -hmm. So it was very, very tempting for me to kind of just leave everything on the side and, and like just go to the safe zone and I guess that's where more most of the people you know that's why most of the people don't succeed because they don't uh, they don't uh, take the risk take the risk success doesn't come from being comfortable exactly yeah. exactly so mm -hmm. like uh, but after those fourth months the fifth month month I was seeing some kind of revenue and the, the next month we doubled that and then the next month after that we doubled what we doubled the previous month so it is actually tumbleweed effect exactly <laughs> it, you hit the ground running like it, it, you know no stopping now that's kind of the thing but most people stop at that the, the, the first couple of fails there's like you know what I can't do this you know but mm -hmm. you push through that that's that stage and now you're you're way past the infant stage of working for yourself. I think at this point you've established a pretty good grounding. I mean, yeah, it's still hard. You know, you got to get clients to make money and that sort of thing. But, but you're. I think now you're way too far in to quit now. Exactly. <laughs> definitely. And like um, now we're even very established. Uh, like you guys came here to my office. You met some of my team here, and then... Uh, which is where we're recording. Which is where we're recording right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah, just... just. Uh, and you guys aren't a bunch of guys in suits, you know? You guys wear your jeans and your... In, right? Converse, Vans. Con yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, one thing last time I was here you told me is that 
this building, which is a new building, you, they wanted you to, you and your company, 3Pi, you and your partner, to pretty much be the face of this building because they want more younger, um, tech-savvy people r running this building and creating, you know. Exactly. So, um, like, one of the ad uh, advices I can give to anyone who wants to be an entrepreneur is, like, the more people you know, the more people, the more opportunities you have. Because like um, the way, the reason I came here to this building is because I knew someone three years ago who I lost completely contact with. And then he learned that I had my own company and then he contacted me to do one more project for them. It was a website design. And then he loved the, the work that he produced. And then he introduced us to the owner of the building and the, this entire building. And then as soon as he saw us, like he saw, I guess, a lot of um, opportunity on us. They saw that we were young, that we were hungry, and that we delivered actually good work. And they loved that we were in the tech industry, and that's one route that they wanted to take. So pretty much they opened the door for us, and then they gave us everything that we could ever ask for. We are managing their brand, we're managing their social media, all the marketing strategies we're doing those and then we are they also introduced that uh, introduced us to so many different clients and we are so grateful for that it was it was definitely like a I don't know like a gift from heaven yeah. so and and that and all of this is started because I knew someone three years ago mm -hmm. so go out there start making connections make sure to have your own database of people that you can potentially work on in the future. Maybe you don't see it right now, but that person that you met at the concert like two years ago, three years from now, you're going to be able to do some business with them. Mm -hmm. Again, the more people you know, the more opportunities you have. And you, you're building, you're creating and you're building and you're growing these relationships and, and you're making business moves through these relationships just someone that you knew and now you're in this building yeah 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 it was definitely a journey and it was like and, and you're uh you're how old too i don't know if the listeners know that oh uh yeah <laughs> uh, i'm 26 26 right see that's young yeah yeah um yeah i mean yeah i was 19 almost 20 when i was in bolivia when i turned down that record label you uh, learned over. quick mm -hmm. yeah that's not a lot of time no it's not like you learned english like yeah here that <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's crazy yeah no that's that right there you know youngins yeah i think, mean think ahead right now <laughs> make some plans <laughs> i mean one of the things i noticed at a young age is that uh I was very, I'm sorry guys, that's my phone, really, really sorry. One of the things that I learned at a young age is that um, I have the ability to learn everything quickly and by my own. Like, mm -hmm. like most of you guys who are in the music industry, I learned how to play the guitar on my own. I learned how to play the piano on my own. I learned how to play the trumpet, saxophone. I play like six, seven different instruments and I'm always eager to learn more. It, it was the same when it comes to business. like. I push myself and learn how to play around with all of these Adobe Creative softwares. And even more, uh, I learned myself, like 
when you're an entrepreneur, you have to learn everything by yourself. No one's going to give you anything for free. So even to land a gig or to land a client, you have to know how to sell yourself. That's one of the challenges that I had is because at a young age, I was trying to do business with people who were millionaires and have their own businesses for years. They look at you and the way that you're dressed and the way that you speak. So I usually used to go to to any client interview, you know, um, meet, meeting discovery meeting, that's what we call it. When we go into a discovery meeting with a client, I always go like the way that I dressed, like my ripped jeans, my Converse, my leather jacket, and then just the way that I am. They, they feel surprised that at a young age, like I can actually come up with good ideas that can help them generate money. So even though they may look you outside and have some kind of hesitation working with you, mm-hmm. but when you're actually sitting down with them and they start paying attention to what you're saying, that's when everything changes. <laughs> yeah. Again, don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that statement. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And, and also, like, one of the down things, too, is, like, since I'm Hispanic mm-hmm. and I'm coming with marketing strategies to, you know, bring in more money and target the American audience, uh, I, I, I adapted really quickly to the American culture here. And yeah, because it, it seems like um, this generation kind of gets a bad rap sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. It's kinda, it's, it seems popular to, uh, to shit on... Millennials. Millennials, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But sure, there, you know, there are some people that, um, that are still learning what they want to do in life. You know, and so some of them they may have fears or reservations, and so uh, they're not willing to take risks. Or you know, we're kind of in a technology age, and um, people seem to be kind of like you know, hesitant to do things outside of you know just sitting at home on their phones or playing video games. Um, but for every few people like that, there are also those that that see. All the good in, in technology as well and maybe take it to the next level to you know show the world or some of us are very ambitious people too like we think outside the box um, so there's a lot of positives to this generation as well you know not always yeah. negative uh, so I think uh, there's just a level of like boldness and courage you know and um, trying new things I think that's that's what my biggest thing, you know, as a person who wants to be an entrepreneur like yourself, uh, my biggest issue is execution. It's not so much the motivation or the dreaming aspects. Like, I know what I want, but executing the plans to get there is the hard part for me. Yeah. You know, it's like, damn, I don't know what the next step is, you know? It's always that roadblock is like, I feel like it's more mental, but doing it executing it that's the hard part definitely one of the very first one of the hardest thing that you on anything is doing it for the very first time Mm -hmm. so like you think about it any project that you want to do like you think about it weeks months you have the perfect plan but you don't know how to implement it so that's one of my uh, weaknesses i used to overthink everything what if this happens what if this happens just don't worry about it just go do it you'll figure it out as you go like yeah. you, you don't have to overthink it like the more you overthink it the more opportuni- opportunities you're losing yeah right and I have 
I, I've definitely been guilty of overthinking, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of the m major weaknesses I had. Like, I always used to think think things twice, three times, four times, you know, mm -hmm. before doing anything. And then I learned that the more spontaneous you are and start doing things, the better it is. Mm -hmm. You just need that first step. Mm -hmm. Once you make the first step, the rest of them are easy. Right. It's, yeah, it's true. Like, some, I think, like, for me, uh, sometimes it's it's the messages that I've gotten from people uh, over the years uh, who don't necessarily 100% agree with, with my decisions to do things. So there's always that fear and hesitation to do something because I'm afraid of, like, the backlash of, of it being out of the ordinary you know or uh, the criticism of it because I've had people in my life that said that make me feel like no that's not the right that's not the right path for you wait hang on there you know because it's not normal but sometimes that's that's part of risk taking you know it's thinking outside the box and uh, it's sometimes it's the fear of uh, what if it fails or mm -hmm. what you know what if people don't like it or Yes, yeah. there's always that. That's that's what it is for me, at least. Yeah, and I, I'm one of those people where um, I, I would say I'm an ambitious person, but in high school I was an honors student. I graduated with honors, and uh, but I didn't then, know that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I, when it came to college, I didn't really apply myself, and I, I was. I, I don't know, I guess I worked as hard as I could in high school, but then when I got to college, I, I like I said, I didn't apply myself as much as I did in high school, and I, like you said, um, doing something unconventional, like being a filmmaker or doing podcasts or whatever it is, I didn't apply myself in school because I wanted to do this. So I kind of sabotaged um, college a little bit and I, I did drop out, but then I started pursuing the things that I do care about. It, it is hard because you do have to, I, you know, stop overthinking things and you do have to take that first step, which is hard. And those next steps might not be easy, but the fact that you are doing it is much easier than procrastinating and overthinking things and it, it is a hard step to make but it is worth it and it every step is a step closer towards something and you just have to apply yourself yeah and I mean just like to bring up an, another point I I don't remember the guy's name but the guy that created I believe the HTC valve or the oculus rift the oculus rift he's like our age and he sold the Oculus to, what, Facebook? for, And now he's like, what, a billionaire? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you have to take those steps. Yeah, you, you can't be afraid to fail. And fear of success is also a thing, but you can't be afraid to fail. Yeah. yeah. It's how you learn. I mean, mm -hmm. How are you, people want to do it perfect the first time. Mm-hmm. 
it's like no that's not that's not how it works you know so when you learn to walk as a kid like you you fall and fall until you get it you know Mm -hmm. just how it is we're we're afraid we're afraid of that you know Mm -hmm. afraid to look a certain way or like being wrong or you know that's we just have all that's we overthink everything you know Mm -hmm. yeah at the end of the day we just sabotage ourselves we do yeah yeah, and you have to get over this like mental block kind of like I'm afraid of looking stupid doing something like mm-hmm. sometimes you have to, sometimes you feel too cool to do something and like that's not what everyone else is doing but this is what you want to do so you you have to get past that and it's it's about you it's not about them because if you're doing what you love then that's that's you don't happiness. work a day in your life, yeah, if yeah. you do something you love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things I noticed. Like, since I started working in this company, even though everything was challenging, not on the side that I didn't like to work, but on the side that I have bills to pay, I'm not making enough money. But mm-hmm. when I was actually working on the projects, like, I didn't mind spending all of my time working from 9 to 3, 4 a.m., working over weekends, over holidays, because I really like it. It's my passion. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to. If you're going to work those hours, you, you got to love it at least a little bit. Come yeah. On. <laughs> no, I love it. I, I love everything on the art side. Yeah. Everything. And actually, that's one of my goals. Like, the reason I also, one of one of the reasons I also kind of wanted to, you know, have my own business and have more income is because I want to get to the point that my goal is to, for when I'm 30 years old, have enough money so I can retire and I can actually focus on the music because like even though art and graphic design marketing is like one of my passions like my first love it's music Mm -hmm. so I definitely want to give go back to my roots and you know just I don't I don't care about fame I don't care about money I don't I just want to be able to play to five or ten people Mm -hmm. and they enjoy my music I imagine myself being 60 years old playing in, you know, on a bar and five people listening to me. That that that's all I want. I just I just mm-hmm. want to play my music and people enjoy it. And like during this time I've been trying to, you know, just stick to my trying not to let music get forgotten on the way. Mm-hmm. So I still jam every every night and and so I have I have like 100 compositions that I made. 70 in Spanish, 30 in English, and it's, it's very nice, like, I only shared these songs with my brother, and he's like, damn, this sounds nice, man, yeah. you should record this, and I was like, yeah, 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 it's, there's going to be a time for that, right now, I don't want to lose my mm-hmm. track, I want to focus on my business, mm-hmm. and then when, my, when I'm successful, then I don't have to worry about working, and then, then yes. I can just work on my music, which is my first passion. Mm-hmm. Work hard now, play later. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're you're building but, your future. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But I, I I get that as a fellow musician too. I totally get that. It's like um, people come to concerts and they go to bars to wind down from their hard day job. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's their escape. Uh, music is is that time. You know, if you're able to like put that 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 emotion in somebody when you're playing you know someone's you know if it's happy or sad or whatever like just to to get that response from five people is enough for me if i can make them feel something 
you know, or, you know, or if you remind them of their ex or something with a song, you know, what, you know, <laughs> then you get all sad, you know, but I look, playing music is, is, uh, that's where I'm most happy. That's where I'm home. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah. So, but your story is like totally like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm ready to go home and like work on some plans and stuff, you know? Yeah. 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 Rob, <laughs> I can tell you're that way too. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I get that from a lot of people. And honestly, like, the way that I see it is, like, if you were in a position, you would have done exactly the same thing that I'm doing. So, like, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Mm-hmm. Just stop sabotaging yourself. Just do it. Don't overthink stuff. Just make the first step, and then you'll see that the rest will be easier than the first one. Just just do it, bro. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Nike. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> I'm thinking Shia LaBeouf now. <laughs> do it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what what is it that? Where do you want to take Three Pod next? Because um, you've it, you had a pretty yeah. There were some bumps in the road in the beginning. Yeah. You were in the negative, but now you're doubling, and you're doubling the, the doubles. So, what where is it that? And you're bringing on employees and interns so where is it that you want to take three pot next um definitely i want to keep pursuing uh, mark, uh, marketing and all the strategies uh, overall is like one of my passions i really like that but uh, i'm also getting involved in a lot of software development creating booking systems for companies and also developing uh, apps because i don't know man anything that has to do with color palettes or you didn't make fake app, did you? <laughs> I can't As we just, talked about on the last podcast, fake app, you know. I can't I'm asking you. Information okay. Right. Oh, you can't disclose what apps <laughs> yeah, that you created? Yeah. Oh. You didn't say you did it. There's some interesting apps out there, it. too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to pop in an office and see what you're developing. <laughs> yeah. like, what is that? No, but yeah, um, I want to definitely grow my company and more on the software development side because there's that's where there's more revenue, but also like I love music and art and filmmaking and photography, so we also want to do that. So we are also kind of, you know, tapping the water on like creating commercials and stuff like that. So I don't know, man, like uh, just gotta keep pushing hard and then try to get uh, bigger clients. Right now we exhausted all of the small size businesses and we are right now targeting to all medium-sized businesses and medium-sized businesses are with companies that have been like 10 years that there are 10 years old with 50 plus employees and all of those so we are targeting to those right now mm-hmm. but the goal is for me to create a process and a system where the company can grind on its own like so they don't need me to be there that's that that's how is it like so I have I'm 26, I have four more years in order to accomplish that. I want that my company to be able to run with or without me. That way I can just, you know. Um, you can go out and drive your Maserati. Yeah. And <laughs> no, bro, like one of the things I noticed myself, like I don't spend, I don't spend money on anything. My clothes, like these ripped pants I have here, jeans, six, six, six years old. My, my shirts, everything is like old. I spend a lot of money on music. Mm-hmm. I have seven different guitars a bass and ukulele. 
I have uh, music art. I have, I spend a lot of my money in concerts, going to festivals. Dude, I went everywhere. Uh, I saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers five times already. I, uh, I go to festivals, music festivals, Bonnaroo Festival, Shaking Knees. I even went to a cruise, uh, the Flogging Molly cruise, which is amazing. Nice. A lot of punks over there. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. I, I, I got the opportunity to meet a lot of my favorite artists over there. Flogging Molly, Rancid, Frank Turner. Damn, like people I really admire. And they, they were, I was just chilling, chilling with them, having some drinks. So my son, yeah, it's very like I spend money on things that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Like a new car, yeah, it looks cool and all, but like it's just only to show off. I would rather, much rather, spend money on things that would make me happy, like give me a good memory. Because at the end of the day, that's the only thing you have good memories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I spend money. That's right. On not like, not the Gucci. Not the Gucci. No. No. but the concerts <laughs> the and, concerts yeah. yeah you can't take that with you you can only take the memories exactly yeah exactly so yeah man like uh, all I want is just to have enough money so I can just focus on my music yeah that's the only thing I want yeah and, and I love that you've taken what you've learned basically you've taken your tactics like when you were given the opportunity to do something that you had no experience in doing, but you, now that your company is flourishing, you still have that mentality, and you're applying it every day, and you're you're expanding and you're growing it, and that's very commendable of you, my friend. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. A tear rolling down here. Tears, <laughs> and you can't see it, but there's some tears going on right now, <laughs> running down each other's cheeks. Love you, bro. Love you too. <laughs> So, um, maybe a weird question, but what are some apps that you're like, nah, you're doing it wrong. I could probably do it better. <laughs> Snapchat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which apparently their new layout is awful. I haven't seen. Actually, on a user experience site, Snapchat is horrible. Because what they're doing, they're mixing uh, your um, uh, friends' stories with their, with ads, with, the, you know, with the magazines. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and that's a bad thing to do you know Facebook already had a backlash when they did that mm-hmm. and that they're trying to recover from that and then you Snapchat comes here and he's doing exactly the same mistake that face, mm-hmm. Facebook did two years ago mm-hmm. like come on man <laughs> I've lost yeah I've lost interest in Snapchat for that that reason alone the layout and just mm, to me to it. me and when I work with my clients and customers they ask me like so what kind of social media do you suggest for me to have a presence on they ask me about, uh, I always say like Facebook, Instagram, you cannot go wrong on any of those, especially Instagram because that's a more personal thing. That's Fa- my favorite app. Uh-huh. And yeah. As Rob knows, I post there like 15 times a day. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they ask me, so what do you think about Snapchat? And I was like, yeah, trust me, they are not going to survive. Three, four years from now, they are not going to be around. Mm. Yes. Instagram is taking over all of the users from Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Instagram is doing a really good job. Yeah. Is Snapchat, like, Snapchat has not sold, so do you think they ever will, or do you think they'll just be extinct before I they I, even I think came? they missed some chances, too. Yeah. 
they screwed up. Like they were, they were very proud when they, you know, turned down Facebook's offer mm-hmm. when Facebook was trying to. They thought it would make their value go up for that reason, yeah. right? Yeah. No. No. I don't no. think that was a smart. Choice. It wasn't smart. Yeah. Uh, smart choice. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't think that Snapchat's going to regain its popularity that it had in the beginning. Mm-hmm. From from the way that I see, it's like Instagram is going to take over the world, even more than than Facebook actually. Yeah, their glasses won't save them. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, I don't think you have a Snapchat. Do I you? don't. No, no. Yeah. Um, and that's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have seen even personally. I, I've seen people migrating from Snapchat to Instagram. Instagram is they're bettering themselves on it daily. I mean, they have the seasonal stickers. They just introduced uh, gifts. They have polls. They have all the augmented reality, pretty much that uh, Snapchat has. But they're it's everyone already has Instagram. That, that's where everyone's posting their pictures. So they're meeting you with this technology that Snapchat has. They're perfecting it, and they already are meeting you where you are. So it's already baked in to Instagram. So why go somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it runs faster too. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Snapchat sometimes uh, will be kind of glitchy. Yeah, and so. actually, and actually, Instagram is the only true social media platform. Facebook nowadays, you go over there just to l- learn things, like just to see news. You're right. And you're updates. right. Mm-hmm. Facebook is not anymore about. It's not a social media platform anymore. It's only you go only there to see news. What's happening out there? Who's sharing what? You share news. That's it. You don't share your personal life. Mm-hmm. If you want to see people sharing their personal lives and days, go to Instagram. You will see everything in there in Instagram mm-hmm. stories, posting, doing live streams, and everything. Uh, Snapchat, yeah, it's some kind of personal, but still, like they are doing some really, really bad things, and they're going to they are affecting their user experience a lot. And the more and more they screw up the more and more users uh, Instagram is stealing from them. <laughs> yeah. Twitter still, I mean, that's that's social media as well, correct? I mean, because you update statuses, you post, you know, what yeah. you're doing. Usually people just post random thoughts or something. But exactly. you can post pictures and you can do, I think they're paired with Periscope, so you can mm-hmm. do live streaming there too. I guess and Twitter's it's starting a limited shows now. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. They, I mean, they're a little more limited, I guess. On what you can do, but still post videos and mm-hmm. pictures and yeah. posts. I, I think I think that's what Facebook kind of was supposed to be initially. It was more like Twitter, what Twitter is now. So people are actually, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah, it's like you got the pictures, you got the videos, you can do live streams, and then you post statuses, basically status updates. You know, they don't really call it that anymore, I guess. But um, whereas Facebook now is just sharing like TV clips you know Food Network or you know what your little cousins are up to yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's mostly inhabited by like your parents or you know yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, Twitter is also a great tool for promotion for for promoting hashtagging like Instagram and Twitter are both very effective and Twitter is even probably better than Facebook as far as the news is concerned because you have the moments it's just a slideshow and that you have you're briefed on everything that you need to know so you can 
know what Trump is up to and you can know what mm-hmm. uh, the Falcon Heavy is doing by Elon Musk and SpaceX all at a swipe of a thumb and Facebook is Facebook isn't exactly in a great spot especially we were talking about the algorithm of Facebook yeah it's hard for small businesses um, if you don't pay you know money for sponsored ads not even your own followers there's a huge chunk of your own followers that follow your your page like for music page or business page uh, to even see it on their own timelines without paying paying in money exactly and even then when you put in money you know I've done before maybe add adds a couple more likes you know people have seen it a little bit more but it's not like what it used to be where it's like I created a um, like a, a music page you know for my music posted it everybody that followed it saw it you know but now there's some kind of algorithm that's like kind of blocking the 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 view of it so like people who you know my friends or people that follow my pages don't even really see it yeah it's messed up because like facebook and actually youtube is doing that they're putting a lot of youtube yeah they're putting a lot of uh bricks on the way for any small uh page a small account and also on the youtube side like YouTubers cannot monetize now unless they have at least ten thousand views. Yeah, and yeah. That sucks for 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 a small channel. That's mm-hmm. it's pretty much impossible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like things like this that are. Uh, I don't know what they're thinking of. Uh, maybe they're gonna have. But they're gonna see a backlash in that, or not. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, they are not helping at all uh, to uh, you know entrepreneurs succeed mm-hmm. on their yeah. platforms mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I mean they're adding a cap and it's like now you the creator have to basically be the algorithm you have to create X amount of videos or whatever in this amount of time to reach that limit that YouTube has now set so it's like you're you were making organic, natural content, but for you to even see a scent, you have to produce and you have to output even more. Mm-hmm. So it's not as some, natural as yeah, it was. I follow some YouTubers that are posting like five videos a day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, I mean, <laughs> that kind of time, you know, it's it's crazy. And they're, mm-hmm. you know, talking for whatever five minutes of video or whatever it is but yeah. it's a lot of a lot of output to not see a lot of income you know mm-hmm. yeah it's like whew. yeah yeah exactly like <laughs> that's very bad for anyone who wants to start something new on those platforms but it's actually very good for me because yeah. yeah. like I already know how to overcome those obstacles how to play around with the algorithms how to properly use a Facebook ad and all of that that's why we get clients yeah <laughs> see that's what I'm talking about but uh, yeah, no, it sucks for people who want to start something new on those platforms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have so many obstacles that they have to go through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I guess the silver lining is you, you have to work towards building your own organic, natural audience so that they do watch it and they do support it to where you, that down the road you don't have to burn yourself out just to please an algorithm. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what actually, uh, <clears throat> I think that's one of the reasons I think they created these obstacles because I understand their point. There are a lot of fake uh, accounts and accounts that are not original mm-hmm. over there created, created every day. And so they are trying to challenge them and they're only going to support uh, to accounts that create original content, mm-hmm. like content that hasn't been created before. That's how you gain actually really, really, really um, a good audience. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, but um, I would hate to. I, I wish we could go on forever with, with this. Uh, you have been a great guest, but I, I guess we should just reel it in. I feel like we were the guests. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this was a seminar. I'm sorry. Yeah. We were learning. <laughs> Yeah, this, this was a great discussion with a great guest, Santiago. Where can the people find you and your company? Oh, sure. Uh, you can just follow me on uh, Instagram. I post a lot of weird stuff, mostly related to music. Mm-hmm. I should be more professional on my Instagram, but at the end of the day, my clients and everyone I work with know that what is my personality and the music is my passion, so I guess that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. Um, any of those slash Santiago underscore red R-E-D or you can go to uh, my company's website and just let me know what you guys think about my work uh, it's called 3potgroup.com it's 3pod g-r-o-u-p dot com 3potgroup.com and yeah guys like thank you very much for having me in, in your podcast today and uh, I really had fun pleasure yeah. ours yeah. yeah we'll definitely have to have you back soon Anytime, anytime, guys. Anytime. Yeah. We can maybe discuss about more video games. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all in for that. Yeah. But uh, thank you for joining us today. And uh, thank you for stopping by and listening. Hope you enjoyed yourself as much as we have. But uh, we will see you next time. Thank you. Oh, thank you, guys. <laughs>